0: Pleased you're still here. That's something. Our dear friend and teacher, Godwin Samararatana, who passed on some years back a, a lay... Teacher from Sri Lanka used to say it's important to give ourselves some pluses because we're so good at uh it's a pandemic in our society at uh noticing how it should be whereas one of our colleagues used to say, being should upon <laughs> again and again and again, and, and, and we're the worst at doing it to ourselves. And to, you know, still here. And though romantically it might look like uh, on retreat. Stepping into tranquility, and maybe even there have been moments of ah, finally. As we relax, other stuff comes out of the basement, out of the back rooms, next door, accumulated tendencies so that the, the Buddha would even say, you know, the easier to <laughs> conquer a thousand warriors, hand-to-hand hand come back, easier to do that than to train this heart. Yet there's nothing more beneficial, according to the Buddha, than a trained mind and heart, one that's not just wildly taking us over here, taking us over there, and nothing more harmful, more destructive than an untrained heart, a heart that can be so catapulted into having to have, craving, recoiling into aversion or even hostility, rage, even cruelty, pushing away, not wanting, heart that gets tangled in confusion. So the not for everyone, but for for many of us, this this activity is challenging what our teacher Ajahn Chah compared to courageously walking into a hurricane. Even though we We might be told, you know, there's a calm, peaceful eye to this hurricane. (laughs) So we're getting battered. Restlessness, doubt, wanting, not wanting, being all ready to practice and we feel like we're in pea soup. My first re- retreat, I, it was hell, but day four, three or four, couldn't even understand the instruction, the, the, the monk couldn't speak English, but he could uh, say observe and, and breath nice energy at a kind energy and uh, with my competitive always having to win and trying to sit still and observe I wasn't good at it but in between sessions on a, a third or fourth day I was outside, just standing, observing a shrub, a bush that wasn't high on my priority list of big experiences for me, it was winning wrestling tournaments or getting the best on an exam or or uh, getting a good grade or standing next to a bush wasn't a highlight. But a moment of observing, just noticing the dew drops, the light, the standing. By then I'd been working a bit on just being with the simplicity of the body. And there was just a taste taste of uh, peace a taste of something from within that was content So when I quickly started doing the math, if well, I could have a bit of peace on a 10-day retreat, three 10-day periods in a month, 12 months in a year, throw in an extra year just in case we should be able to crack open this baby. <laughs> a year, two years max. i going to... Who needs Mahayana, Hinayana? I had bulldozed Yana. <laughs> My bulldozer will. Were I to know. Much more challenging uh, than, I, than I thought. But I don't regret, I don't regret the aspiration, the moments of insight, tranquility are, are, are beautiful. But the digestion, the integration of all the stuff is, is a patient process. So I encourage us not to be in a big hurry. Ajahn Chah used to say, don't be in a hurry to get rid of your afflictions. You think, well, who wants to hang on to my pettiness and my jealousy and my anger and my doubt and my worries? He wasn't saying to (sighs) that there anything to brag about. But what but what he meant was that we we learn patience, we learn humility we deepen capacity, our humanity, by little by little learning to acknowledge how it is. The problem with being in too big a hurry to get rid of is that we also have the capacity as human beings to to deny. And when you become an expert at denial, then it's all them that have the emotional stuff. It's all out there. Not me. We, we, we... And that's really hard, because a blind spot, the problem with a blind spot is it's is blind. And one thing I was really touched by today in our uh, checking in with people is the honesty, the honesty. I really want to... Courage, this giving ourselves a pat for showing up, for being here, and to just trust this process, this path activity, as Tanisra used the phrase, and the Buddha used that phrase: "Magga tang. Magga the path this activity of moments of appreciative awareness, honest awareness, mindful awareness, remembering what's called sati. moments of connecting to body, to sitting, to walking, to standing, to lying down, moments of learning to practice being wholeheartedly here, So having our thinking also included, having our thoughts directing us here softly, patiently, in, out, bud, toe, walking, seeing, hearing, feeling, that these moments of path activity which lead to gatheredness and stability, which help us little by little by little by little by little discover that there's a, a possibility of ease in here. The problem with locating it out there is that we're forever trying to get there And then when we even do get there, and striving and accomplishment is, is wonderful. I worked for years to become a national wrestling champion, just walking on my hands for 100 yards, Was climbing ropes, doing 500 push-ups a day, running. And these were all good qualities, but still this imagination that once I got there, that would be it. Done happily ever after. My hand was raised up. Yes! 17 years old. I had won 11 to 3. I had a great match. Mom took the picture. But How long does your hand stay up? How long can you look at the picture? So to begin this cultivation of primary relationship, the building blocks of a skillful living, and we're not putting down striving and working hard. And There was a lot of beautiful qualities in, in the work I did in the athletic past, but there was not understanding where true happiness, lasting happiness came from. and in cultivating the primary relationship of awareness to, to body. Learning about stabilizing, gathering, brightening. Then there's a the possibility to then recognize the nature of phenomenon as, as breathing in and breathing out. as day and all the experiences of today and then now the the dusk. With this even little bit of cultivating being present, we can already begin to use some of that gatheredness to contemplate the nature of this experience. No matter how magnificent some experience was today, or horrific. Seems so solid, so eternal, so real. It's a memory. Two days ago, we we, we began this retreat and. a memory all these experiences have manifested and dissolved in this place of listening when there's no presence we then imagine that we will get somewhere and then arrive. But even right now, with the we don't have to wait till our Samadhi is supreme. We can even, at various moments during the day, contemplate this life. Sunday night, second full day and night of the retreat, Kitty Sorrow's Dharma talk, my retreat as we're all thinking, how we're doing. But even with our whatever presence we have, we'll notice this moment is braided, cascading threads of sight and sound, mixed with sensations and thoughts, flickering, shifting, changing, ungraspable. If we can practice letting it be as it is, And in a moment of letting be the sights and sounds and sensations as they shift and shimmer, we can touch into an easefulness that is with how it is. the path activity, this activity of mindfulness, little by little, hatta kilesava, will break up what obscures dhamma-nupati-dhamma-tang, and the dhamma, the nature, will arise in its own time. Encouraging us to be very, very patient. My father, Who completed his uh, journey and awesome life two months ago, eight years ago, right after my mom died. And he was always sure that he was going to go first. So when she started to go first, he said, Janie, you know how I was supposed to go first. And mom said, Now, Mo." if you were to go first, you know, how would I be able to carry on? It's perfect just like it is. And they held hands and reminisced all the wonderful experiences of their life. And then Mom just uh, stopped talking. She she knew, even before the doctors knew, she she, she was uh, going. She just news. Thank goodness she thought, oh, I'm going. So she was able to make, I was in Africa, 10 phone calls and say goodbye. She said, Kitty, sorrow, I'm letting go just like you said. <laughs> I'm remembering Quan Yin. Not going to have to take any more of all those pills. She just lifted off. So then at the first, dad was uh, devastated. thought, what's the point? They'd been married 60 some odd years. And then uh, soon after that, he collapsed. But he collapsed while, by chance, Tanisra and I happened to be with him in a restaurant. So I saw his lips starting to quiver. I held him he thought he needed to go to the bathroom. He, he collapsed. But the waitress was emergency trained. There was a policeman in the restaurant, and we were next door to a hospital within minute, two minutes of a hospital. So, you know, he would have died. And, and At first he was upset. Oh, why didn't you just let me go? And I said, because <laughs> he didn't like the idea of the, this aging, this loss of power. He didn't want to be a burden. He was always one that could just help others. But those eight years, even though there was a lot of difficult experiences, and that's how I would like to relate it to this path, of little by little, letting go of how we it should be, how I want it to be, Little by little, gracefully, my father so beautifully received this is how it is when he couldn't do things. Little by little, he, who had always been generous, he started to allow other people to do things for him too. And then so gracefully blessed people through his appreciative nature. Then it really became clear that the aging, the Buddhists, we chanted tonight. I'm not. I'm of the nature to age. I'm not going beyond aging. I'm of the nature to sicken. I'm of the nature to die. These are called heavenly messengers. Because when we take, when we let this message touch us, we realize that all oh, this health, this success, these things, the way we want them to be. It's heavenly because when we receive the message, we realize we have to let go because these things, their nature is not mine. It's not really self. It's changing. It's, It's dissolving, decaying. He got that message so beautifully. on this this retreat to really be with ourselves in this sort of sustained way. There's so much we have to learn to let be, let go. It's ennobling. seem to be remembering my father tonight. They were horrified at first when their Rhodes Scholar son, who they were so proud of, wrote them a letter. Uh, After my shimmering bush experience, I decided to go off to Thailand. just for a couple of years. Got this letter that I'd left my Rhodes, was going to leave my Rhodes Scholarship to go off to Thailand. Let me tell you, Buddhist monks were thin on the ground in Hickson, Tennessee. But So there I am often, and then I, I arrived on the day of the worst revolution, and most Thai revolutions are, are bloodless. They just change governments, they put some ribbons around the tanks and stuff, like you know, it just nothing happens. I arrived on the day there was a massacre of students at Thmasat University. I remember writing them, "Oh, don't worry." And you know, meanwhile, there was the catastrophe of Vietnam, the total disaster of Laos and the whole bombing thing we had done, rumors about the killing fields of Cambodia. Not to mention you know this was a time in the mid seventies when the the cults were people were really worried I mean what happened to their son he was it wasn't long after that that there was that whole Jonestown thing where all these people you know committed suicide and for the sake of ascending somewhere so really the, my parents they determined, out a love for their children to go off to, to Thailand to, to, find, to see where I was. And my mother did not fancy going to a jungle in the Northeast with cobras and army ants. And, but the love, love of parents. So they show up. To this day, i always be so grateful to Ajahn Chah for his compassion, for his humanity, to see these parents that were disturbed. In Thailand, at that time at least, it was usually a source of celebration if a child wanted to go into a monastery. It was a part of growing up, maturing. But to the Western, many of the Western parents, it was like a, just losing their into something crazy. So Ajahn Chah had all the time in the world from my, my uh, mother and father. And my, my father was asking him, isn't it also dangerous here? Because our monastery was right on the Cambodian-Laotian border. And there were communist guerrillas and And dad asked Ajahn Chah about that. And Ajahn Chah said, yes, yes, that there's a danger. But he said to my father, mother and father, but more dangerous, much more dangerous are those gorillas in the heart. Nowadays, you maybe would have said terrorists. That can rob you, rob us, of well-being. For example, that shit upon mind that can take anything we do and, and see some flaw in it, that can sabotage us, that can sabotage Everything. Ajahn Chah talked about these these internal terrorists, these guerrillas. Greed, always wanting more. Aversion, wanting to get rid of. Doubts that tangle us up. And he gave my parents a beautiful talk about learning to get to know ourselves. And by the time my parents... Left, even though they didn't, still couldn't say they approved, they knew they had met an extraordinary being, that they could sense this was a real place of study, of practice, of depth. We're walking on that ancient path. Countless beings, like us, have walked before. Every single Buddha and Bodhisattva was just like us at one time. We all have this Buddha nature. It's at the core, right here and that with these moments of patience and mindfulness and beginning again and learning to train this thinking mind from just being a tyrant to being a servant to moderating it as I've been saying to have a sacred word or a phrase that over time reminds us of the potentiality of this moment bud to bud to awake awake and let the word be short and listen to the silences after the word. Let the word notice the word, this inner voice that seems like me. The sound is there and then it's gone. And yet, listening remains. The awareness remains. So letting this cognitive thinking part of us begin to be in service Of this cultivation of knowingness, presence to include our body. This, this presence is, appreciative presence is healing. It takes what has been split and helps it remember, join, unify. It's the healing element. It's love. Non-judgmental awareness, which is our ground, our basis. The ocean that we are manifesting in. We don't notice it when we're so busy getting contracted around our doubts and worries and should I and shouldn't I. But when we have moments of listening, letting the thoughts, Remind us to listen. We notice the spaces between the thoughts. We start to get a sense for this ground, this context, this matrix of awareness, which everything manifests in. One could call this uh, love. It's that which blesses, that which heals learning to trust that, learning to take refuge. I go for refuge to Buddha. This is not to knock down any, any other faith. Buddha just means the awakened place. One could I'm happy to, for one to call it the Christ. Ajahn Chah used to say, call it what you like. the unnameable, whatever name is not the eternal name. Names just point to this ground. All the great saints from all the Traditions point back to this pure heart. The Christ said the pure of heart shall see God. The Buddha said the pure of heart shall see the true nature. The naming, the name that can be named is not the eternal name. I got my heavenly messenger fairly quick, my wrestling champion physique that could I used to when I showed up in Thailand, uh, teach all the monks yoga and handstands and headstands and then typhoid. Fever finally knocked me down for about 10 years, but I began to realize the bulldozer approach, though it has, there's some, you know, skill in persistence, you don't just bulldoze your way to peace. I had diarrhea for six months and then I had started urinating blood and then really frustrated. My mind was going crazy. Then I ended up in a hospital. Monk on my right. I was in the monks' ward in the northeast Thailand. It's a poor region of Thailand. Monk on my right died the first night. Best translation I could get was some kind of cholera or something. Monk on my left terrified. He was going to have a kidney operation. The idea of somebody cutting him open was terrifying him. The novice in the aisle across the room had this massive wound that wouldn't heal, jungle kind of wound. They were talking about amputating his leg. And his little brother was sleeping on the floor underneath his bed to keep him company. And there was moans and screams and I'm just thinking, I want out of here. This is not the spiritual up, up and away path. <laughs> that... I was planning. And I wouldn't accept pain pills because I thought a good monk doesn't need that. And meanwhile, I'm feeling all this pain. And then on the loudspeaker at night in the local village, I could hear, Itipi so paka wa alahang sama sambut a novice chanting the qualities of refuge. What you learn to trust Buddha, the Bhagavato, that which blesses, that awareness blesses. Just touching, blessing things. And something just in the, we chanted that the first night, is one of the blessing chants, protection chants. There was something. Calming about that. But then, in the middle of the night, I got woken up by screams. Then I finally realized it was me screaming. So I asked for pain pills. Meanwhile, the Buddha allowed medicine. I just don't know why I had to be, again, in my bulldozer approach. I took the medicines. Then the, the next day, in the morning at the door I didn't know he was coming this like rising sun appeared it was my teacher Ajahn Cha, had come to visit and although I was the only one he knew he stopped at every bed talked I don't know what he said to that boy who was worried about losing his leg, but he blessed everybody. And he finally got to me, he, and he he like he grunted, Young, Like, well, what's up? <laughs> I said, Rajan Chah, get me out of here. Get me out of here. This is scary. And he goes, Nah! Because I was thinking I wanted to run away. He says, you run away, I'll send the police after you. So I started laughing. So he got me to laugh. And then I said, but Ajahn Chah, what do you do about pain? I mean, that wasn't in my book of enlightenment up, up, and over. My Shimmering Bush experience, there was nothing. It's, you know, light and Troubles falling away, up, up and away. What do you do about pain? And he said, Tong He said, You just need to know pain. And he said, You can do it. You need to know. Tamachat the nature of things, just like dawn, dusk, pleasure, pain, beginning, endings, praise, blame, and all these gradations. He held my hand and just said, you can do it. Poem, he was talking to him about himself, He said, when I die, I'm going to be at ease. The trusted dharma, he knew the dharma. He practiced just what we're practicing, being with ourselves. And yes, cultivating some skill where we can, how to relax, how to enjoy in simple ways, but then, you know, the mind starts going crazy and we, we have heavenly messengers... And a good thing we do because they humble us and they, and they make us more human and realistic and able to feel for others and sense our impact on others. Somehow Ajahn Chah had the effect of bestowing courage, encouraging that we can do this. My, my encouragement is, you can do it. The Buddha wouldn't teach this if we didn't have the capacity. It's in our nature. And in little, little ways, we deepen patience. And little by little, we start to recognize the states of mind that rob us, always wanting to be somewhere else always wanting to get rid of, the pulling and pushing. We learn to recognize those. And little by little, we learn to realize they're, they're tricksters. We can always be moving somewhere else and never taste the jewel that's here, the brightness, the peacefulness. So as this, this retreat goes on, we'll keep deepening, Our simplicity, our rootedness, embodied mindful presence. But we also begin to look at what knocks us off, the desires, the aversions, the doubts, the worries. Little by little we'll explore them, get to know their nature and realize they, just like the light in the dark, are coming and going. They're essentially not me and mine. They don't block us. If we really listen deeply, from noting the brightness that is always here, the peacefulness that is our nature. So even if we feel today has been a write-off. Can I get a tax credit for this? That's an angle I haven't really thought about. Yeah, yeah I mean, this has got to be a depreciation of my life force. I mean, God, I've been battered but to, I promise you, we could see the light in a world riddled with cruelty, insensitivity, war, violence, selfish greed. heartless judging of people just because of their appearance or their color or their station or their views or their here to be practicing learning to savor and appreciate a step, a breath learning how to live together with a hundred of us here learning to try as best we can yeah there's some bumping and Difficulty, but to try to learn to work together in harmony. This is a blessing. So let's keep our perspective open. And if we can, let's trust the wise ones that said, no, 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 hang in there. This is not harming anybody. And little by little, let's just see what unfolds can we be open to the possibility that this listening, this mindfulness is the magic wand of healing, of transforming, of opening up uh, the beauty that, that is our, our true nature. So anyway, thank you for your practice, your presence. I'm really uh, grateful for the encouragement of Tanisara and our wonderful, loving, skillful team, Dara and Siboney, helping us and helping hold all of us. So, uh, take heart. Finishing this session, this day, sensing the blessedness of our work. And with the ease of each out-breath, like a pebble dropping into a pool, sending ripples effortlessly, outward, extending,
1: wider and wider,
0: so with each out-breath may we share any blessings by relaxing, not trying, but just letting go and letting our light shine, the sun shines, it's its nature. What we've done today is shining. So just relaxing with the out-breath and the thought. May any goodness from this day bless. Mother and father, family, friends, loved ones. Near and far, good and bad. Above, below and all around without exception may all beings be touched by the nobility and goodness of our efforts oh